There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to the Mudhorn Clancast on the Fangirl Zone. I'm Steve. I'm Beskar Dave. And I'm Sean Fangirl S. And today we're talking about Chapter 14 of The Mandalorian entitled The Tragedy. Episode 6 of Season 2, written by John Favreau and directed by Robert Rodriguez. I didn't realize that was Robert Rodriguez. Right. Yeah. That's a big get. Yeah. I guess that kind of explains a lot of fights. But yeah. <laughs> but, <laughs> well done. Yeah. Yep. Okay. I'm just going to say just the title. You knew something wasn't going to go right. Right. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> the tragedy or a tragedy? Nope. It's the tragedy. The tragedy. Yeah. <laughs> you just felt like it had ominous music, like starting as you've seen the title. Yeah. At least I did. Oh, yeah. Now, we do have a little bit of show news. Uh, we missed this. Getting this into our episode last week, but David Prose, the actor who played Darth Vader in the suit, passed away last weekend. So thoughts and prayers to his family and friends. I saw some of his bodybuilder photos after he passed. They posted them on the internet. That guy was huge. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's so weird when you see the pictures of like all these people out of costume and you're like, wait, who's that? You're like, oh, that's Darth Vader. That was R2-D2. That was the, it's like, oh, wow. Yeah. It's like, because you know their screen presence, but you don't realize who they are necessarily. But he's still a huge part of the Star Wars universe. Yeah. (sighs) He'll be missed. Yeah, I, I saw a clip of him using his original voice for the character as Darth Vader, and he had a Danish accent to it, and it, it just didn't work. And I can't imagine anyone other than James Earl Jones being the voice of Darth Vader. But I, I guess David Prowse was a little upset that they didn't use his voice. That has that- to be weird, though, when you like go back and when you were on screen or on set, I should say, and you're hearing this said and this way, and that's how the actors are responding, and then all of a sudden. Like when you see it on screen, you're like, wait a second. That's, yeah, that's it's not different. easy to act with a mask on. I mean, Pedro Pascal does it very well. And I guess I would say David Prowse did it really well. So you could get that menace, especially when uh, he would lean in. As, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, you know, he was pretty menacing despite the costume and the voice and everything else. When he leaned in, you're like, uh oh. Oh, my goodness. Well, hopefully, hopefully. 2020 isn't taking anybody else in this last few weeks because it's been a rough year. It sure has. (laughs) Yeah. So I got a question for you guys before we dive in. How many rabbit holes has anybody gone down finding stuff about this episode? (laughs) I went to Google just to like look something up and there was like five little articles that had popped up and I totally forgot what I went to look up and I'm like, oh, well, what's this? Oh, what's this? Next thing you know, it's like two hours later and I'm still falling down rabbit holes. (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh. Although I'm finding out interesting information, it is all kind of swirling into this big hurry up and finish watching the Clone Wars. 
Oh. And everything kind of attitude. It's like, damn it, everything's coming back to the two series that I'm still working on. Although we are now on episode 13 of The Clone Wars. So, or no, we just finished 13 last night. So we're trucking through, but oh my gosh, I feel like I need to take notes on everything when I watch now. There's a lot to cover. Yes, there is. (laughs) I figured you guys would have like insights for later. It's a learning experience for me too. (laughs) The whole thing is Dave Filoni though. This is his vision. Obviously they're letting him run with it. And he was all Clone Wars, right? Yeah. Yeah. Clone Wars Rebels. Okay. So he's just expanding. And he was very vague. Somebody asked him something very specific Uh, about the timeline. Yeah. And he was so vague yeah yeah i saw that too yeah i'm sorry that's gonna make me crazy but i think they do it just so they can work in certain aspects of the story they want to tell without stepping on previous history well i really don't want to get too specific yeah you know because because if you did you'd be in trouble yeah (laughs) you know there's people out there who would pick it to pieces like but what about this but what about this in comic book number 82 (laughs) well that's some of the rabbit holes they follow down how this changed some backstory so we can talk about that in a few minutes i think so anyway a brief re- recap uh Steve and I were talking earlier, this this was a great one, the tragedy. A lot went on, and uh, I think the best part about this episode was it didn't have a filler episode in between it. <laughs> I was surprised. Stop at, stop at McDonald's or <laughs> get some blue milk or whatever. <laughs> yeah, tried frog, frog McNuggets. Froggy Nuggies, there we go. <laughs> Yeah, they got right into it. Yep. I was I was surprised. What did you guys think? Of course, the way the way they <laughs> do their recaps, it's almost like why even bother putting it in anymore? <laughs> Cuz this week's was The Mandalorian and Child Travel to an Ancient Site. Well, duh. <laughs> <laughs> Knew that was coming. Right. Okay. So I was going to say initial reactions then. What do you guys got, Dave? Well, I was telling Steve earlier, this isn't uh, our top three moments for me. It was my top WTF moments. (laughs) (laughs) A lot went down. We're we're getting a new kitchen floor. And uh, one of the guys who works on the floor is big into Star Wars. And all we do is talk about the Mandalorian. And uh, I had a chance to see it before he did. And he came back to finish the job. And he had watched it himself. And he's like, wide-eyed. What? What? (laughs) Oh, yeah, I told you. I told you. Steve, what was your initial? It was an action-packed 36 minutes, that's for sure. (laughs) And, yeah, there was quite a few WTF moments in it. And Mando just can't catch a break. (laughs) I know. I have to say I was surprised because, like Dave said, it wasn't a filler, which I was expecting. Okay, we're stopping at another planet or something before we get there. But we got there. And the fact that it was still standing, because I really thought after all this time and we find out, you know, the Empire has been basically systematically like purging the Jedi, you would think that this ancient temple and stuff would be gone, even though it wasn't so much a temple it's more like a Stonehenge kind of thing. Maybe they didn't realize what it is. You'd think the Emperor would go around with Star Destroyers or Battle Cruisers and just laying waste to places like this. Right. It seemed like that would have happened. So I was surprised that it was in such good shape, I guess, is the best way to put it. So It's the only only sign of life on the planet. No cities, no wreckage, no nothing. Right. Well, that was what I thought was weird with this whole thing, too. It's like, okay, even if there was a sacred site, how is the entire planet like nothingness? Like, 
really? That just seemed really odd to me. But yeah. I mean, we did have something which is actually my top, one of my top three. So I don't want to say it. Something that was alive on the planet, but I don't know, maybe on the other side of the planet, there's, you know, like a whole big city and people are like, you know, what's going on? Did you see that Star Destroyer? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I know. So we don't really know. It's just we're assuming there's nothing there. And how does a cloud cover hide a Star Destroyer? <laughs> Yeah, right? Because I was just watching because I don't know what's going on. This is like Star Wars weekend or something because a couple of the stations are playing like all of them. Right. And Rogue One was on and they're showing how the one destroyer is like up in the atmosphere, but hovering over that old Jedi temple and Jedi city. And it was like, oh, wow. Okay. That's huge. You're not hiding it. And this one, it looked like it was a whole different ship to me when they kind of seen it through, um, through the binoculars. I love it when they do that. It's so cool. It's so real world. You know, it's like, wow, there really is something up there. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Shall we get into our top three moments? Yay. Top three. John? Okay. So my third one came from a rabbit hole that I went down. It was the butterfly, that crystal butterfly that Grogu sees. Now, first of all, I thought he was going to eat it. Yeah. (laughs) Which he may have because it went off screen. Yeah. Who knows? He may have been like, huh, mine. I'm hungry. But apparently there's a link from the crystal butterfly to Ben Solo. So the fact that we're getting that little thread, I'm like, what is happening? You're really going to put these little tiny threads. I'm going to be like that crazy meme and have all the stuff on, on a board and strings going everywhere is <laughs> yeah, what's going to happen wall, by right. the end of this. Dave and I are definitely into the yarn wall. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, I'm going to toss the ball over to, you, over to you, Dave. Oh, yeah, we're not doing Steve. Okay. Oh, sorry. I thought. Oh, yes, Steve. <laughs> Go ahead, Steve. All right. My number three is don't make Grogu angry. I love that. <laughs> after Grogu is captured, Gideon pays Grogu a visit in his cell only to see his troopers being tossed around like ragdolls. I love that. I have to say, I really like the conceptual artwork at the end because there was way more stormtroopers that were tossed around. Right. I don't know if you noticed that. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, that's great. That artwork, first he's crying and then he's like, oh, I got a pile. Now what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, as usual, Grogu's powers are limited, but not until the two troopers have been taken down. Gideon shows Grogu the dark saber and he reaches out for it and he goes, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, I know. You can't no play. play with that. <laughs> And it's like, oh, no, let's not go there, because I would not like to see a Darth Grogu. Oh, Darth Grogu. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, first of all, that would. But second, that's messed up. Yeah. (laughs) I would see him in a little black cloak. I would buy a a death, a Darth uh, Grogu doll. Okay, Dan, I don't have enough three. dolls and stuff. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> My number three is uh, uh, the Grogu ball trick right near the beginning where uh, the Mandalorian says, dang, Farrick. And then he, he thinks he hurt the kid's feelings. Says, he goes, okay, take the ball. You want it? Come and get it. Get it. And he uses the force to slap it into his mitts there. I like that because it was a real moment between the two, almost like father-son type of moment that right. defines their relationship. <laughs> and he's, yeah, and he's so excited that his little boy can do the trick. That a boy, that a boy playing catch for the first time. <laughs> I thought that was really sweet. Yep. Yeah. It's like, yeah, that's it. You got it. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, crap, you got this. <laughs> it's like, yay. And then realization. Oh, I'm kind of screwed here. 
Yeah, he still talks in terms of having to let him go. Right. And you kind of get the feeling he's a little conflicted now about this. Yeah. yeah. Okay, Sean, you're number two. My number two is a, a reveal that we got that we're going to have a return from season one. The ex-Imperial sharpshooter Miggs Mayfield, Mr. Bill Burr's coming back. So that should be interesting to see how that unfolds, especially since Mando's the one who put him, well, made sure he got locked back up. So this should be interesting how this happens. If he's going to cooperate, I guess is the best word, and not try to kill Mando. And it Better than make, being in prison. Right. And it didn't make any, to me, it didn't, that didn't make any sense. He's got a sharpshooter in yeah. Fennec. She never yep. misses. So why do you need another sniper? If it was I think me, he's trying I would to be, get us. where's Bo-Katan? I need those three Mandalorians with me. Or whoever else she has. I think we're really going to be getting a bigger, bigger crew. They're going to try to pull a bunch in. Oh, yeah. It's definitely going to be the Justice League or, uh, <laughs> or the Avengers. Right. <laughs> that's that's my thinking. I thought, I know, I've seen people complain on the internet that you got the two best bounty hunters and trackers in Star Wars history, and you need to bring on a third guy, right? I mean, what do you need a tracker for when you got Boba Fett working for you now? Yes. <laughs> so my theory is, if you can call it a theory, is that if Mando's is really this cynical, is let that guy do all the work and stick his neck out, and that way no harm comes to any of the main character or that guy. Well, see ya. <laughs> I think, I don't know. I'm thinking deep down that Mando knows that he's going to like try to sell him out to save his own skin. Talking about Migs. Yeah. yeah. And that it's somehow going to play into the direction that they need it to go. It would be awfully calculating. Yes, yeah. it would. <laughs> but I like the sounds of it. That yeah. worked really good. You got Migs as a decoy that, you know, you expect him to do something and he does yeah. it and it plays right into your hand. That that might work. Yeah. Well, my number two is Boba Fett is a bad man. <laughs> Yeah. As the action amps up, as Boba spots Mando's razor crest with its door sitting there wide open. Few seen later, clad in his classic green-red hued armor, having retrieved it from the ship. Man, does he kick ass all over the place. That was amazing to see him just take down trooper after trooper, and he's not nice about it. <laughs> no. I knew the name of the stick he was wielding. Right. That he got from Tatooine. Yeah. Now I can't find it, yeah. <laughs> but boy, that thing can do some damage. I'm sure somebody's yelling it into their in their earpods right now. Yeah, the... I seen that thing. I'm like, is that a weapon? Is it like yeah, definitely? Um, yeah, it's definitely a, a weapon. Yeah, I was like, what? And then when he started using, it, I'm like, damn, okay. Yeah, that's the Gatterfly stick. All right, the Tuscan Raiders and right. boy, does he <clears throat> wield it like crazy. And to top it all off, we get to see him shoot down the two transport ships. <laughs> a great line because Mando goes, Man, that that's awesome. Good shot. <laughs> Bobo says, was... Oh, I was aiming for the other one. Yeah. <laughs> that was funny. It's like, I'm like, okay, throw a little comedy in. I guess we need that. Yeah. <laughs> It was so deadpan, though. I was aiming for the other one. <laughs> okay, Dave, your number two? Mine was, uh, my number two was your number three, the Grogu in the cell toying with the troopers. Yeah. He was basically ragdolling him left and right, up yeah. and down. Here's a face plant. <laughs> 
Someone did mention, though, I should have put it together myself, that maybe he does have uh, anger issues. No doubt the troopers were being unkind and they deserved what they got. But what if he does harbor anger issues? And this is what Ashoka was uh, afraid of. Right. You know what worried me just a little bit with that scene was the fact that when Mando was trying to explain everything beforehand, before we actually got there, it was, hey, don't you want to learn Jedi stuff? And yeah, if somebody want to, you have to go with them. It's like if somebody wants you to, you have to go with them. And I'm like, oh, my God, what if he thinks that Mando was cool with them taking him? Right. And that's why he's mad. Because it's like, you sent me back to them. And I'm like, I was thinking about that. I'm like, I might be going way too in depth. But I was like, what if? That had big question marks after it for me. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I was also thinking, you know the big bad's coming. Why don't you save some of your strength? And just like, Shh, oh, and now you're gone. Right. <laughs> but yeah. that was probably a little too dark. I mean. Yeah. The timing of things really didn't work in Mando's favor in this episode at all. <laughs> No. no, I know. Put down the jetpack. Okay. Right. And then he never picked it back, back up. I know. Exactly. How many times were you guys screaming at your TV? Because I, I don't know how many times I said it. Yep. Pick up the jetpack. <laughs> Where'd you leave it? Somewhere on the hill. Could have run by it and grab it, you know? Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, that would have made the last couple of scenes a whole lot different. But yeah. of course, they still, they wasn't going to get away. Just it wasn't happening with that cruiser up there, so. Yeah. All right, let's move to our number ones. Sean? Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, so mine's kind of mean because it was Moff Gideon taunting. It makes you oh so sleepy. It's like... In any other context, you would think, oh, that's kind of cute. They're taunting like, oh, somebody's getting sleepy. But no, in this case, it was like, oh, use up your powers and night. Yeah. So, but I don't know that for some reason, this really stuck out as my number one. <laughs> well, that's because number- every time, uh, I was going to say, every time a bad guy shows their sense of humor, if you can call it that, it's usually with a tincture of sadism. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like It's called mustache twirling. Yes. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. It's like. I will tie you up to the train tracks. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> Steve, what's your number one? All right. My number one is let's make a deal. Of I course, we get to see. I could have said it a little better. <laughs> Just like... Yeah, we see Slave One coming uh, onto the planet. And of course, Mando thinks it's danger, only to find it's Boba Fett and Stan. And you go, what the what? <laughs> yeah, Boba fixed up Fennec real well. Yeah, Robo Fennec. Right. And of course, they go. Everybody's part robot in this one, I swear. Yeah, back and forth over Boba's best car. But they finally come to an agreement, even though Boba just took it. But in the end, he stands by his words, guaranteeing the safety of the child as well as his own. So at least his party of one is now a party of three. And he's got a ride. Yeah. (laughs) More importantly, Mm -hmm. he's got a ride. Now, why didn't Gideon go ahead and take out Slay? one two i mean then you know nobody's getting off the planet i actually have a thought with that (laughs) i have a thought on a lot of it but i think it's because of the homing beacon ah could be that he was specifically able to target that without really having to know what's going on you know because the clouds are in the way yeah but 
<laughs> those darn clouds. But I, I think that's what it is. And he may not, even though it was like right there, Slave One was close, like he may not have actually known it was there. Right. Call yourself a bad guy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Half ass job, yeah. why don't you? Yeah. yeah. And how the Razor Crest didn't take out Slave One when it exploded is uh, <laughs> beyond me, too. Yeah. Well, weren't the trooper carriers right there, too? Well, they had already started up before. Oh, okay. Like, I'm just forgetting, like, the timeline with the explosion. That's why. <laughs> they had their moment. Yeah. <laughs> Dave, your number one? Uh, my number one was Slave One Appears. I like I went like this. Hear that? That's me slapping my leg. I'm like, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of looked around the room, even though I was the only one in it. Like, I could just <laughs> imagine everyone else in the Star Wars universe, all the Boba Fett heads out oh there God. going, there it is, there it is. Yeah. So that, that kills me. Well, not even just my theory, but the internet theory that it was Cody or Rex or something, obviously. It's the reveal. But yeah, as soon as that came on screen, I think my husband is doing the same thing as you. It's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> So at least we have each other to go, oh my God, yeah, did you see it? Yeah. <laughs> Throwing elbows into each other. Look, look, look. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. Now, how the hell did he know where Mando was? <sighs> well, he's a great tracker. I guess I mean, so. That's, I mean, they got two best trackers and they still have to break somebody out of prison. Yeah. <laughs> kind of re- revisits the same argument. Maybe he was tracking his armor. Now that's possible, seeing that he was able to pull up that list of yeah his chain. Yep. So yeah, that 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 would make some sense at least. Yeah, that was totally a hail mary. But yeah, it might be the reason. Yeah, could be. So does anybody have any honorable mentions or WTF moments? I got it too. Okay, the teeny tiny cuffs. He's <laughs> oh. like, put him in cuffs, and I'm like, what? Like he's gonna have teeny tiny cuffs, and they turn around, I'm like, he's got teeny tiny cuffs. <laughs> Yeah. And Jason's like, I thought they were just going to put around his whole body, you know, just like clank him in or something. Or have it like where he's floating, like in some of those, I can't remember which episodes. It was on the Clone Wars, but I think it was episode two of the prequels when they're like floating in like that invisible kind of prison thing. I thought that's what they were going to do. Right. But I'm like, no, they're teeny tiny. That's amazing. (laughs) And my other honorable mention is Cara Dune because. I just kept saying, so it's like, oh, Cara Dune, Marshal of the New Republic. And for some reason in my head, I'm like, is this a new House Atreides book? What's happening here? I don't know why, but it was just in my head and it may never leave now. I'm like, she's part of the Dune universe in my head now. Yeah. <laughs> it was odd when uh, Boba doesn't tell her right away they have the kid, but when he finally gets to it, she, she bugs her eyes. But not much. It was kind of understated. I thought she was going to kick her feet off the desk and go, what? Yeah, yeah was- I was expecting that. But I think that may have been too obvious. And what about grief? How since he was he was big time on baby talk last time he held him. Right. You can imagine his reaction. Where was Apollo Creed? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. He had to go to the bathroom. Let him. Oh, you know, oh. He'll be back. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I got two uh, honorable mentions as well. First one is practice makes perfect. The scene in the opening with Mando and Grogu and the the ball and how Grogu looks at him when he calls him by his name he just gets a kick out of that <laughs> that was greatness and the head tilt just kills me because it reminds me of like a dog huh yeah <laughs> what, what did you, you call me <laughs> and my second one is 
R.I.P. Razorcrest. Uh, yeah. Sad to All see I that kept go. saying when that happened was, I just got it fixed. I'm yes. like, I yeah. made the last <laughs> payment on my car. And now. Happens every time you wash your car, it rains. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and the only two things that survive is Grogu's favorite toy and the Beskar staff, of course. Mm. <laughs> Does that mean that ball is made of Beskar? You would think. Because mm. everything else was shattered into millions of pieces. <laughs> Just, I thought about that. I'm like, hmm, interesting. Dave, you have honorable mentions? Yeah, I got a couple of honorable mentions and a couple of WTFs. First of all, um, one honorable mention was the Seeing Stone. When they first getting there, he, Mando's badass, but he takes him there, sits him down, and he goes, are you seeing anything? Yeah. <laughs> I looked at him like, what? It's like, like sitting a kid on the potty. Are you done? I know. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> I like the uh, the other honorable mention was Fennec and Mando back to back. He was covering her with his armor and taking the shots and she was blowing people away. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that was a great visual. Yeah, yeah it was. <laughs> My WTF once was, of course, like Steve, get, seeing the Razor Crest go. It's a good thing I didn't send away from one. I would have to smash my own. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess that's over. And of course, the biggest WTF moment that I, we all saw coming pretty much is that they take Grogu away. Baby Grogu. Yeah. But it makes me so sad. I know. Wrong guy. He's no daddy. <laughs> you know what? I did have another one that I kind of thought about. The, the reveal of the Mandalorian Civil Wars. But going down a rabbit hole, finding out there's multiple Civil War. And I thought that was interesting because they were reading this, trying to figure out the timeline since Django fought in the Mandalorian Civil War. You know, that reveal that Boba gave gave us. And then they're like, well, that wouldn't make sense because he would have been too young. It would have been like way before he was tapped, be cloned for all the clone soldiers and everything. And it was interesting. And I'm like, okay, now I totally need like a Mandalorian backstory with all the civil wars. Like go back to Mandalore. I need this information. It's out there. It's pretty rich. They have a long, violent history. Yeah. Right. (laughs) It's just just like crazy. come back as Bo-Katan and just have an episode of her telling the history of Mandalore. (laughs) She's a big part of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I'm totally fine with that that backstory. But I had read, too, that just by Boba dating about the armor, that it somehow changes Jango's backstory. Or no, because he says he was a foundling. Yeah. That it changes his backstory. And just slightly, but that it changes it. Because it doesn't quite mesh with the story from uh, which episode? When they find all the clones. They find the planet with the clones. Talking about the movie? Yeah. And I'm blanking on which, which of the episodes it is. Uh, um yeah, yeah <laughs> this is the one i liked so that that's interesting and i really yeah i really want to know more but at the same time there's like so many books and i don't know which one's canon which one's not it's like do i read all of them i might oh, be like just go forever to wikipedia and- <laughs> wikipedia like, yeah just go to wikipedia <laughs> oh, actually go to io9 and jermaine lucier who used to be on slash film he's always writing about it. he always just look up jermaine lucier on uh on io9 he he does a good recap on there to do a search for that expert yep okay ratings john let's do ratings okay uh 
I I I don't know. I mean, I liked it and I was like, oh, that's awesome. That sucks. And so I'm going to have to give it three and three quarter seeing stones because there was some good. There was some bad. There was the what the fuck. <laughs> there was, um, <laughs> And then there was like, oh, come on. So, no, you know what? I'll change that to four and a quarter seeing stones. Four and a quarter. <laughs> four and a quarter seeing stones. <laughs> Steve, what do you got? I'm giving it four out of five. Four point five out of five Tuscan Raider Cat fees nice <laughs> dave let's throw the ratings back to you i got four out of five too four out of five shiny but sad chrome balls oh <laughs> Uh, I I did like it, though. But yeah, I don't know. It was like one of those things. I don't know. My emotions were all over the place. So yeah, it was an emotional episode. There's no doubt about that. (laughs) Because as soon as you went, yes, it was no. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, seeing that artwork, though, at the end. Yeah. I'm like, why did they change it? Because they showed Grogu like screaming, crying and reaching for Mando. Right. Like, I'm sorry. That should have been there. And can I ask you guys? Okay, so those were like just robots, right? They weren't yes. like people in there. Right. Yeah. Right. Those, the okay. dark troopers are robots. Okay. I'm like, when did the Transformers get here? What is going on? Because <laughs> it looked so creepy. And I'm like, is there a person in there? Is, did an experiment go right for them? What is that? Yeah, just a few episodes ago, I thought they were going to instill those things with the with the force, and that was the right. plan. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was a person going in. I didn't realize they were just like robot-y. Yeah, dark troopers. Oh, okay, It'd be more intelligent than the stormtroopers. That's for damn sure. <laughs> they have I better aim. Yeah, I, I I wasn't the only one, but I got a vibe from the Weathertop scene in Lord of the Rings, the the, the first movie, right? Those oh, getting up there and being surrounded. Yeah, yeah, I see that. You can totally see that. Well, Steve, how about we you take us into some feedback? All right. We do have some feedback from our friend Fred from the Netherlands. Let's hope he likes this better than he did Discovery. Let's (laughs) hear what he thinks. Hello, Steve, Dave, and Sean, and all listeners to the Fangirl Zone. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for The Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 6. We lost the Razor Crest. Oh, awful. I really was devastated by it. But fortunately, after Christmas, I will rebuild it for Mando in a Lego way. What made me, of course, happier is seeing Mingna Wen back as Fennec. I love the interaction with Boba Fett. Really cool. And I wonder how big the team will get with Fennec, Boba Fett and Sarah June. Perhaps even Grief Garga. I really wonder how many stormtroopers they get in these small troop transporters, these flyers. I think they have to stack them, pile them up inside. A little bit of a nitpick is of course that they never hit somebody, but when then Mando got to his senses, he constantly got hit, whereas Fennec never got hit. And that's of course of the nice effect of bouncing these blasts off Mando's Beskar armor. Silly was of course that Mando tried to get the child where he was in a force field and after one or two times trying you should realize you cannot penetrate this force field but he kept trying. What I found a little disappointing is that there came no Jedi to the rescue but probably that will be saved for the next episode or something. Okay that's all for now. Greetings. All the best. Fred from the Netherlands. 
Well, as always, Fred, thank you very much for your wonderful feedback. Sounds like he did like it a little bit better than discussing. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. It brings up a good point, though. One of the biggest questions coming out of there is, well, aside from how they're going to save baby Grogu, is who who did he reach out to when he was on the scenes to? Who's going to answer the call? We all expect him. somebody's going to answer the call. Yeah. And- I know we've been talking about it offline or, you know, online, just us. It's like, well, who could it be? Could it be this one or this one? It's like, I am a little upset that we didn't even get, like, a glimpse of a ship or something. Mm. Well, but... every time a ship went by, I'm like, here it is. Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they, I don't, it doesn't look like they could fit any more on Slave One than the three of them. I don't think they got room for Kara even, so <laughs> hopefully yeah. uh, Grief's got a ship that they can use. Well, we know somebody that needs a new ship. Yeah. Right. That's why I kind of thought they would go looking for Bo-Katan first, because we knew she had a ship. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe she'll show up. I'm hoping that he somehow reaches out to her. Oh, there's so many questions. Yeah, I want to know how big the crew is going to end up being, though. Right. Like the final ride of the Valkyries to go get baby Grogu. <laughs> yeah. Justice Justice League or Justice Society. Right. Oh. Stargirl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I kind of think they'll probably have five or six to start, and then we'll get the Bo-Katan and her group show up just in the nick of time. Yeah. To save the day. Get Grogu Gotta have back. a cliffhanger, though. Not everything can be perfect. It has to be a cliffhanger. Oh, I know. <laughs> if it's Luke that shows up, by the way, uh, the guy who was doing the floor said, well, you know, he has a past with uh, Boba Fett. How's that going to work out? I'm like, oh, that's right. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. He is changed. <laughs> right. I mean, all Luke needs to do is read, he's just not that into you, and he'll understand <laughs> it's not all about you. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, goodness. As always, Fred, thanks for your feedback, as always, and looking forward to hearing from you next week. Thanks, Fred. Thanks, Fred. Anyone else wants to contact us, you can uh, please rate and review us on iTunes and any other platform for you to your podcast with good ratings and reviews. It helps other fans of the show find us, and there are plenty of other Mandalorian podcasts out there. Tell your friends, and I hope you're enjoying our podcast, and don't forget to check out the other great Bangirl Zone podcasts. What's our contact info, Sean? You can check everything out over at the website, www.fangirlzone.com. Hit our contacts page, and you can find everything. It's so much easier to it that way but just so you know we are on facebook twitter instagram youtube and still a ghost on tumblr um, and then you can send us an email directly to mudhorn mail at fangirlzone.com and we'd love to read it on air and share our thoughts well this is steve looks like we're gonna have to travel the last stretch with the windows down this is sean fangirl us does this look jedi to you and this is best guard dave for those who have been asking yes my spear is okay you want to see it 